With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are listening to Sports Day. We've debated uh, India's request to just fix up the pitch a little bit to suit them in their final against New Zealand tonight. Also, opening round, you've had your say on that. Don Pike and Jed Walter have been our guests. The Socceroos 2026 World Cup qualifying campaign is going to start tomorrow against Bangladesh in Melbourne. To tell us all about it is football commentator and world game expert Daniel Garb. Garby, thanks for your time again. No worries, Kane. Nice to speak to you, mate. Bangladesh are going to pack it up and make it difficult. The Socceroos should uh, dominate possession of the ball. Is that, do they pose any threat? I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, stage one of World Cup qualifying is usually straightforward for the Socceroos, especially at home. I imagine it will be tomorrow night. So for those who aren't fully adjusted yet to, to Asian World Cup qualifying, this is stage one. We get through this and then we get put in another group and, and that's when it gets challenging. That's when we have, as we've seen before, it gets a little bit concerning near the end of the group. We have to go through the playoffs and the last couple of World Cups in order to make it. So that's stage two. But stage one, yeah, Bangladesh, Palestine, Lebanon in our group, it'll be pretty much a cruise for Australia. You would think home and away. And the long road to the World Cup in North America in 2026. These games are also important tune-ups for the Asian Cup in January. But uh, I'd imagine the Socceroos would have it all on their own terms tomorrow night. It's a good problem for... Uh the world game to have in this country, but what do you think is the biggest brand, Socceroos or Matildas? Good question. Right now, the Matildas, but not by a a huge amount. I mean, let's not forget the scenes a year ago when the Socceroos were at the World Cup and uh, Federation Square was packed and live sites all over the country were were jammed and uh, the Socceroos were the the toast of the nation, but you can't beat a home World Cup. And the the road that the Matildas went on through to the semi-finals obviously set new landmarks in terms of TV ratings in this country and and the crowds were incredible as well so yeah the Matildas I would say would be just above at the moment but uh, not by a whole heap the Socceroos brand is very strong and has been for a long time since that 2006 World Cup of course mm. and the Socceroos brand has been uh, right up there with the biggest in, in our sporting nation and it is good for the game on the whole and I think they both feed off each other. Last night, Garby, uh, Jared opened the show by chatting a bit about Mitch Marsh and, and also the extension of that was the sporting figures who have had a huge impact on the Australian sporting landscape in the last 12 months or so. And, and Graham Arnold would be one of those. It's his 59th game in charge. I think that breaks the record in terms of uh, coaches games coached for, for the Aussies. Where does he sit in terms of the impact from, I guess, anyone that's had a huge say on proceedings of Australian sport in the last 12 months? An enormous impact, really. I mean, if you have to cast your mind back to the middle of last year and the lead-up to the World Cup, nobody thought Graham Arnold would be in the job. We all anticipated that he would be sacked. A lot of people thought that would happen before those eventful playoffs against Peru and Andrew Redmayne in goals and everything that he did. Got us through to the World Cup against expectations and then set new marks for Australia at the World Cup in Qatar with two wins in the group stages. And, you know, we were just a, a moment away, of course, a big save away from taking Argentina to extra time in that round of 16. Graham Arnold was mocked 
and mm. basically mm. bullied by the Australian football fans yep. leading up to that point. And, and plenty in the media as well. Yeah, win a new four-year contract and, uh, and basically win the respect of sporting fans around the nation and certainly football fans. It's been an incredible transformation. He's always had the players. That's one thing I've always marveled. Despite all the outside pressure, he always had the respect of the players. And to do that with all the noise going on around you, I think is a huge effort. So, um, yeah, his impact has been profound on the game. Now, last time you were on, we had this youngster, Nestori Arakunda. I think I've butchered his name there, Garby, so correct me uh, if you may. But he scored that freak free kick. Then he did the backflip. Then he had some troubles. The opposition came after him. He got sent off. And I asked you how long before someone overseas poaches him. So it's been about three weeks, and I think that was your answer at the time. I'm disappointed to see him go, but not surprised. No, not at all. Um, he's from your neck of the woods in Adelaide, Kane. So yes. Aaron is the name. Um, yeah, make sure you're. Uh, it's top of mind. With it. yep. Top of mind, I think, in Australian football for a while. Bayern Munich were trying to get him at the end of last season. The deal, for whatever reason, didn't quite eventuate. But after the way in which he started this season, and with Ange Postecoglou going to Tottenham, and I think Ange was saying to people there, uh, try and get this kid if you can. Um, that might have pushed Bayern a little bit further. But they always had the inside running. They've signed him now. It's a domestic transfer record, a huge financial windfall for Adelaide. The fee, which will increase over time if he makes appearances there, could get up to around $6 million Australian dollars overall if he makes mm. enough appearances in the first team in the future. Uh, it's hugely exciting. He's still very raw. He's got a lot of maturing to do off the field and on the field. We saw that with the red card against the victory for a, a bit of petulance when the opposition were trying to rile him up. So he needs room to grow, but the talent is undeniable. And uh, I implore people to just enjoy him while you can until the end of the season before he makes the move to Germany. And then hopefully he's a figurehead of the national team moving forward. But the talent is just off the chart. Well, speaking of Ange, he's been the talking uh, point of the UK. He's uh, certainly been of great interest to us uh, here down under. But uh, he's facing his first real challenge, and that's uh, to come back after a couple of Straight losses. Yeah, well, the injuries hit hard. So he lost three of his first choice um, back four, mm. all in the one game. And he lost James Madison as well. He's been a huge signing for him and uh, a massive talent in the attacking third of the field. So that was always going to happen at, at some stage. Nobody thought it would all happen at once. So that put him under pressure going into the games against, against Wolves. Yep. They struck first, but then uh, gave up two late ones. The international break probably comes at the right time for him, just to maybe get a couple of soldiers back and, and recalibrate. Uh, but they've got Man City in a couple of weeks, so that will be difficult once more. Look, they're still in the top four. Uh, he's won three straight Manager of the Month awards. The expectations have been surpassed enormously. Mm. The credit in the bank is still huge. Um, but Spurs fans have been expecting this. There'll be a correction at some stage, um, and uh, he just needs to try and hang on while he's got some, some key players down, I think he'll be fine. He'll be able to get through it. And Spurs will still be a side that will challenge for the top four. And that's still above uh, the preseason expectations. Mm. So he's going along fine. But uh, he just needs to get through this period with uh, some key players out. Has his demeanour changed with the challenges? Or is that uh, one of his strengths that he's you know pretty straight up and down regardless of win-loss? He's fine. Um, because he's been through all of this before. And... That's something that you know, supporters and 
pundits in the UK sometimes forget because they've only just seen him now in the Premier League or for a couple of years at Celtic. They forget that he's been managing since the early 90s. You know, it might not be the same standard, but you still deal with the same challenges at South Melbourne and the Brisbane Raw and with the Socceroos and in Japan and so on. You're still dealing with players getting injured and media criticism and pressure and, and so on and so forth. So he's been through all of it before. He's almost 60 years of age. He, mm. He's gone through plenty. He, he'll be fine. And uh, he's a calm head regardless. And, and the best part about it is he's just got massive support from the play group who love him and the supporters. So uh, the pressure's nowhere near above anything he's faced his career before. What about the A-League, the pressure on the A-League to, to re-emerge and get back to where they were uh, six to ten years ago when they were really a dominant force? Mm. Um, doesn't seem to have uh, changed much, the profile of the A-League uh, again this year. No. Um, look, it's the standard of football is really strong. The issue that I guess it has is is garnering more attention and more eyeballs and more fans through the gate from inside the football community, never mind outside, never mind other sports, but the football community, which is large in this country, and getting them through to, to A-League games. And we don't have, unfortunately, the big-name marquees that can grab headlines. What we do have is fantastic young Australian talent that's come through in the last two three years. The problem with that is, and we've seen it now with Deer and Kunda, is they're here for a year or two, yeah. they grab headlines, they get people excited, and they get snapped up by European clubs and they're gone. I mean, Geordie Boss at Melbourne City is the perfect example of that. He's going to be a massive player for Australia moving forward. Super talent. But after one amazing season for Melbourne City, he's off to Belgium. Iren Kunda's gone now as well. So it's maintaining those storylines, unfortunately, which is, um, which is a bit of a challenge. But the Melbourne victory has started really well. And we all know that a strong Melbourne victory helps the league enormously. They yep. were terrible last season. They're at the top. If their crowds can be strong, well, then... That should help things uh, trickle along nicely. But it definitely needs to go up another level. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a challenge to us uh, to elevate it at the moment. Garby, beautifully done, mate. Thanks for your time. We always appreciate it on Sports Day. No worries. Thanks, boys.